Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Good God, today is really another good day. Hi, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin. Thank you guys for dropping into my morning podcast, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing, because you know our soul must be made whole. Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. Hey, today I dropped in because you guys know I got to know. I got to ask that question. What's your excuse? No more excuses, no more excuses, no more excuses. You know, the uh, the uh, the one man, the man had an excuse. He wanted to go back and bury his father. And the Lord said, let the dead bury the dead. Let those who are spiritually dead bury those that are spiritually dead. He wasn't telling the man you couldn't go back to the funeral. But how many of you know that when Jesus says stuff, he always know the intent of the heart. So Jesus knew that this man was just using this for an excuse not to completely commit to him. Our, it was our excuse. What excuses are we using so we don't have to co- completely commit and submit to what it is he's calling and asking us to do? That's my question today. No more excuses. We we are the devil can make see to it that we have excuses not to do what God has called us to do. We get ready to dig into this in one moment. You guys, please make sure you share the podcast. But we're going to pray first, Father God. We just thank you for being in the middle of us, Lord God. We thank you for giving us ears to hear and eyes to see and a voice to speak, Father God. The words that you put in our mouth, Lord God. We we come before you, Father God, and we say thank you for giving us wisdom, Father. Thank you for giving us a rhema word, Father God. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to become doers of your word. In Jesus' name, uh, we pray. Amen. Hey, you guys, again, thank you for joining in. I got to say it. I got to know what's your excuse, because I'm getting ready to read here and we finna find a whole bunch of excuses as to why people we could they couldn't follow Jesus as to why uh, they couldn't do what God was asking them to do. And, and, and I mean, the excuses really seem legitimate. But how many of you know that um, Jesus, it, the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and it knows the intents of the heart. And so sometimes when people give you excuses as to why they won't, don't want to help you or don't want to do this or do serve the Lord or whatever, the words of knowledge kick in and, and the Holy Spirit, he really be letting you know, but sometimes he don't have you saying anything because, <laughs> you know, until we see ourselves, until we see ourselves, we're not going to see a need to repent of anything that we do or for any of our excuses. But I have to know uh, the truth. And uh, we so we got to see ourselves. How, how many of you know that? So Jesus tells us, you know, in John 8, 32 to those Jews that believe if you believe not only shall you be saved, but I mean, excuse me, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and that truth that we know will set us free. Right. What does God's truth set us free? The truth sets us free from a lie. So here we are again for for a learning lesson. We're coming together and we're supping and we're fellowshipping and uh, we're coming to sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're saying, Lord, feed us because we hunger and thirst after your right. We want your will. We want your way to be done in our lives again today, Lord. So here we come again. So here we are here. Here it is. I want to talk about no more excuses. Now, um, coming to you from, um, let me get back here. Luke 14. I'm, I'm trying not to be before you long. I have an appointment this morning. Now, Jesus began at uh, Luke 14. It says, now Jesus began telling a parable to invite the guests when he noticed how they had been selecting the places of honor at the table, saying to them, Who, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down. 
Okay, I want to go down further. I want to go down further. But please read that, Matthew, uh, Luke 14. I want to go down to 16 for time's sake, but please read that, okay? Um, 16, Luke 14, 16. But Jesus said to them, a man was given a big dinner and he invited many guests. And at the dinner hour, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come. He sent his servants out to come and invite people. You know how we go out and invite people to church or we go out and invite people to come help uh, serve or we go out and invite people. You know, anyways, he went out, his service went out and, and, uh, and, um, and at the dinner table, and, okay, and he sent his service to tell, tell those who had been invited, come, because everyone is ready now. But they all alike begin to make excuses. Oh, Lord Jesus. The first one said to him, I, I have purchased a piece of land and I have to go and see it. You talking about the land that the Lord gave you? <laughs> How many of you know God gives us stuff and sometimes we don't have time for God because we're so busy taking care of the stuff? Lord Jesus, forgive us. You know that job that he gave you now? You're so busy working the job that you don't have time to praise the Lord who gave you the job. Lord Jesus, there's no condemnation. I'm telling you, you know that there's no condemnation in this. Because you know what? Everything I say today, we get to repent of it. If we haven't been doing it, and we get to do it. But we have to see it. We have to admit it before we can quit it. We have to, no more excuses. We got to quit with these excuses What God understand. The only thing that God understand is, that we're loving things, the love of the world more than we're loving the, the the word. There's there's no condemnation here now. But um, we're getting ready to deal with these excuses, okay? But uh, they all alike begin to make excuses. The first one said, I you know this land that you know I purchased, I got to go back and take care of this land. I can't be following after you, Jesus, because I got to go take care of my house. You know I got to clean up, Jesus. I can't. I ain't got time to go and, and volunteer or go and serve or go and do anything. I can't do what you want me to do right now, Lord, because I got to take care of this land. I got to take care of this house. I got to take care of this car that you gave me. I got to go to work with to this job that you, after I prayed and you blessed me with. And, but now Lord, I don't have time right now because I got all these natural things that I have to do. Like God don't know. There's no, remember there's no condemnation because today is another day. Um, God has graced us and given us his mercy and and when we finish hearing this, whatever it is that convicted me or whatever it is that convicted you, then the good news is we get to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Um, and I surrender again today. What is it you want me to do? OK, so there's no condemnation. But let's let's sit in here because this is going to be a little hard word because we got to have some hard truth sometimes to open up our eyes so we can see because excuses are justifiable behaviors. We really do believe in our heart that we had that was a justified justifiable reason not to do what God said to do. OK, so here we go. Uh, the first one, he had to go take care of the land. Verse 19. Um, Luke 14, 19, another one said, I have purchased five yokes of oxen and I'm going to uh, five yokes of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Oh, you know, talking about the ox, uh, you know, talking about the food that the Lord bless you with. No, I can't come today because I got to go to a dinner. You talking about the food that God bless <laughs> you talking about the food that God blessed you with. But we're, we're so busy with the things that God blessed us with, with the things that we forgot. We don't have time for the, for the God that gave it to us. <laughs> remember, there's no condemnation. But what I'm saying is, remember the first commandment. The Lord said we must love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, our mind, our soul. And then we must love our neighbors as we love ourselves because we have to love God first before we can love others like God. 
Right. But we, what I'm saying is Jesus is saying we must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things we added unto us. But when we don't have time for the word, we don't have time for God because we're just so busy. You know, I mean, you know, with the self sense of importance, this is more important than reading the word. And sometimes we put God at the end of our day and start at the beginning of our day. And we say, well, I like to wait till I finish everything first and then listen to the word. No, listen to the word all throughout your day while you're doing whatever it is you're doing. Put on some, put on, put some music on, put some worship on, put some Bible study on, put the Bible on and let it read an audio. Do something when we're in the car. We should constantly um, be having something going on about the Lord Jesus Christ. When we hide the word of God in our heart, we won't sin. What is it? I know these these excuses are justifiable behaviors. You know, when we when we missed a day out of school, my mom used to set the right excuses for me as to why I wasn't at school. Well, she was sick. Oh, she couldn't come because of this, or we can't do this because of this. Lord, I can't serve you today because I gotta go to dinner. Lord, I, I can't serve you today because I gotta, you know, I gotta nurse this, whatever it is. I got to, I got to go wash my car. Lord, I can't come to, I can't follow you today. I surely I can't turn the TV off right now to study because I got to watch my show. I don't know. I don't know what the excuse is, but all I'm telling you that our excuses are justifiable behaviors that distracts us from doing whatever it is that God tells us to do. What's your excuse? What excuse has the devil given you to make you believe that you don't have time for the God who's given us the very breath and the God who's given us the very strength to live, move and have our being? We can at least take a minute, a second, a moment or something out to acknowledge God in all our ways and sit down and spend some time with the Lord. If I ask us, if I ask you, what did you eat for breakfast? You probably could tell me what you eat for lunch, what you eat for dinner. You probably could tell me. But when we say, well, what have you read in the word? There's no hold on. Wait a minute. You know, there's no condemnation in it. Okay. All I'm saying is we have to put God first every single day like he puts us first. And when we're too busy for the word, then we're too busy for God. When we're too busy to spend time with God, that's because we're too busy for God. Lord Jesus, we repent. Forgive us, Father. There's no condemnation. I'm just trying to reconcile us back unto the Father. That's all. This word is just meant to reconcile us and to get our priorities straight, to seek first. That The word first literally means first, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, just like Jesus said. And all these other things, it's going to be added unto us. We said, OK, I don't remember Jesus told um, um, Mar Martha, you're so distracted. You're distracted by many things. What's distracting you? Those things that's distracting you are your are the excuses that the devil is trying to give us. And and, and excuses are justifiable behavior. See, I couldn't come to work today because, you know, my allergies. Are, I couldn't come to church today or whatever. I couldn't do what you said to do, Lord. What is it that God has asked you to do? Don't miss out on opportunities to serve the Lord. Measure it. Which is more important is going is going to uh, sitting home watching TV more important than volunteering somewhere. 
I'm, I'm one time I volunteer. Volunteering is not in, just in the building. Let's get that religious mindset. We think that because of whatever we do at the building, then that's our service. That's our service to the saints, really, in our worship to the Lord, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's what that verse fulfills. And that's where we get our preaching and our teaching. And that's where we're supposed to be prepared and equipped for the work of the ministry. And so we're practicing the works, serving the saints, right? But outside the saints, we've been called outside of the saints. Disciples serve the people. Disciples, they don't just, start, you know, Jesus said, I didn't come for those that well, but I came for those that sick, right? Disciples, Jesus came to make disciples, not just servants, but disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, imitators to imitate and emulate what he did, to mimic what he did, right? And Jesus taught them by the way he lived in front of them. <laughs> Jesus taught them by the way he lived in front of them. He cast, he just, he, he told them to follow him and, and instantly started uh, healing people, casting out devils, all kinds of stuff, telling the wind to be still. Let me finish this. I'm, I'm going to see if I can get through this. And so, uh, um, uh, where was I at? Oh, okay. Okay. So he had an ox that God gave him and he had to go back and, uh, and try it out. And he asked Jesus, please forgive him. That's 19. We come from Luke 14. I'm on verse 20 now. Luke 14, 20. And another said, we talking about no more excuses. And another said, I have recently married a wife. And for that reason, I'm unable to come. Lord Jesus Christ. You talking about the wife that you prayed for, the spouse you prayed to ask God to give you. Now Now that you guys have got together, y'all don't have time for God. No murmur, no condemnation. This is why it's so important not to be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever, because when we have two believers together, we're together, we're going to see the importance of serving the Lord. And we're not going to be torn one way, wanting to do what they want. When you want to go to church, they want to go to the game. And when you want to do this, then they want to do that. And You know, I, I mean, there's got to be compromise. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, and then we don't want to be so spiritual that we don't have no time for our natural physical husband. We need balance in that. Um, uh, sometimes, uh, but let's not confuse our church work with our everyday work. Okay. The church work is to prepare and equip us for the world's work. So if the only works we have is church work and not no work in the world, then all we're doing is serving those as well. Jesus said, I didn't come just for those as well, but I came to serve those as sick. And some of us, this is, a, you know, that's like the rich young ruler. He said, well, Lord, I've kept your command from a child. I've done this and that, and, you know, I've kept all your commandments. And Jesus said, okay, well, that's good. You know, you kept the, the, the commandments. But uh, what I need you to do now, because how many of you know that the, Jesus, <laughs> he had all nine gifts operating. So he, he knew he had a word of knowledge. He knew that money was his God. So he came at him. He didn't come and say, well, money is your God. No, he said, uh, well, I tell you this, well, go sell everything that you have. Cause see, that was his excuse. The rich young ruler excuse was he had the religious works. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't have no service and he didn't have no works. 
<laughs> Jesus said, because when you come following after Jesus, guess what? When you when you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to be casting out some devils. And I ain't talking about praying for the same folks every Sunday. I ain't talking about praying for the saints, the same people. I'm talking about he's going to have you in the streets praying for some people that, ain't, that, that, that you don't know. Okay. He's going to have you uh, eating with some people you don't know with some wine bitters and some tax collectors and some prostitutes. I'm talking about when we become disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a real live relationship with Jesus Christ because the, he came to make disciples and disciples are, they're going to follow him. No more excuses. What's our excuse for not doing what God say do? No, Lord, I can't go and serve the people today because I have to go and eat. No, Lord, I got, I can't go and volunteer here at the Goodwill or wherever it is that he told you. I can't go and volunteer at the shelter. Not today, Lord, because I got to watch my favorite show. Remember, there's no condemnation. No, Lord, I can't. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know. You fill in the blank. What's your excuse? Because remember, excuses are justifiable behaviors. And the worst deception is self-deception. Somewhere along, we have justified that excuse. We have made that excuse okay so we can sit in it and be settled in it. Lord, I can't follow you right now. I can't go and start that business because I got to, first I got to take care of my kids. No, Lord, I can't. I can't. He called us in the condition that we was in because it wasn't going to be by our might nor by our power, but he was going to strengthen us. And we make these excuses like God don't already know. Excuses are justifiable justifiable uh, reasons for not doing what God has called us to do. What's your excuse? The rich young ruler, he, he couldn't, he couldn't follow Jesus because he had so much money. He did. His money was his God. The one man came to him. I would need to go bury my father, but Jesus knew he wasn't saying no attend the father's funeral. He knew that he was making an excuse not to completely commit to him. Well, see, Lord, I can't, I can't do it on this day because I got this going on. What's your excuse? We're missing opportunities and we're missing open doors to serve the Lord, to actually do the work of the ministry. Violet, where, where are you using your gifts? Are you just using your gifts in the building? If the only place we can use our gift is in the building, then all, is all we have is religion. There's no condemnation. I'm just trying to uh, reconcile us back to the heart of the father. Jesus said, I didn't come for those that's well. I came for those that's sick. What's your excuse for not doing what God has told you to do? There's no condemnation. What's your excuse? And another one said, I just got married. So you know how that is, Lord. And for that reason, I'm able to come. And uh, Luke 14, 21 says, so the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then his master, the head of the household, became angry at the rejection of his invitation. How many of you, listen here, don't miss out an opportunity when someone is asking you to volunteer and it's got something to do with winning people to Christ, praying, doing the work, the actual work that you have been trained, you know, the church, the building is supposed to be training us and preparing us for the work of the ministry to serve the work to serve the work is the service and Jesus said I, I'm preparing you see he was preparing his disciples for the work of the world he was teaching his disciples by the way that he was living he was showing them look here 
this you want to follow me then here follow so because follow is an action word right so they was following him right and while they was following him he was teaching them he didn't just sit down and have bible study with them but he did that too but he did more than that he didn't just teach them on the sermon of the mountain he didn't just stand up in the boat and teach them from the shore but he actually did the work he was doing the work of the ministry. He would say the word, then signs and wonders will follow the word. Signs and wonders are not following a lot of the words because sometimes, a lot of times, we're not preaching the word, we're not teaching the word, and we're not making disciples, we're making church cores. Jesus never said to make church cores. Jesus said to make disciples. Healthy bodies give birth to babies. Healthy bodies should be producing outreach ministries. Be why? Because that, after we're being taught, then you need to send them. After you teach them, then you need to send them. He told Pharaoh, let my people go. After you teach, after we teach them, we're supposed to send them. Send them. Jesus sent them. All of them weren't being properly repaired. They went out there trying to cast out a devil, but he was training them. <laughs> he, Jesus was teaching them by the way he lived in front of them. He said, now the works I do, you're going to be able to do too, but greater works. They knew the works. They was there. We know the works. We read it all the time. This is not just a good Bible story. They that believe in my name, they shall lay hands on sick, on the sick too. And they can cast out devils too. How Jesus gave us the, the authority. He said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. In other words, I'm giving you my authority. I'm, it, the authority is in my name. Go, when you speak to a devil, tell them it's in my name that they got to come out. It's not in your name. The seven sons of Sceva couldn't cast out Satan. Satan can't cast out Satan. We can't live for the devil and cast out the devil. Oops. Yep. Forgive me. You guys know there is no condemnation. But I'm telling you, the word of God says that we have to submit ourselves under, under, uh, unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Under my, and then we can resist the devil. Some of us are having problems with these demons because we're walking in agreement. We can't walk with the devil and resist the devil. We cannot live a lifestyle contrary to the word of God and expect the will of God. That's not how it works. How can two walk together except they both agree? Amos 3 and 3. There is no condemnation. But I'm telling you, this is going to have to be a hard word because self-deception is the greatest deception. And I'm telling you, a lot of us have some justifiable excuses as to why we can't do what the word of God say do. The Bible says that some of the, the lepers were healed as they went. Some of you are going to get your healing as you go in obedience and do what God say do. The man laid on the mat for 38 years. And when Jesus came, he still had his excuses. He was stuck in his story. Are you stuck in your story? When someone come to you and say, sis, why you ain't wrote that book yet? Or sis, why you ain't singing? You know, uh, well, I have to do this first. Well, first I have to go and, and um, um, uh, when people despise the days of small beginnings, boy, that is a deception of the devil. You know, you know, use what you have and start with where you are. Well, first, I got to get my big building before I can do outreach. No, you know, you need to start doing outreach right where you are. Start with what you have and God will add to it. He that is faithful over a little, God will make us ruler over much. Despise not the days of small beginnings. Well, I can't uh, teach or I can't preach. or I can't do that because I don't have a building yet or I haven't, you know, uh, they haven't asked me to do it yet at church, at the building. 
No, but you can teach uh, at, at lunchtime on your job, you know, with your lunch break. When that person come to you and um, start asking you for advice because they know that you're different. Uh, I don't preach so many sermons at work <laughs> while cleaning stuff. You know, I'm talking to the person next to me and just preaching to them, whatever it is, because whatever the Lord whispers in our ear. How many of you know, he said, I want you to shout it from the housetop. So if he whispers a word in my ear and instead of us gossiping, where I used to work for service master. And instead of us gossiping while we're washing the walls and we're standing by each other, I'm sharing with her what the Lord had whispered in my ear. You know, I'm teaching. That's a teachable moment. How many of you know, Jesus taught them by the way they live. And so when they see you on your job and you're not gossiping with them and you're not acting like them, you're teaching them. You're teaching them by the way you live. That is something different about you. And so when they come to you and say, hey, why you don't come and do what we do and act like we act? That's an open door. But we, some people can't hear us because they see us. Jesus said, let your light so shine. No one takes a light and put it up under a bushel. No one takes a lamp. And we're the salt of the world. But if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. We know that the purpose of salt is so we can taste. But if it doesn't taste like anything, what's the purpose of the salt? What's your excuse? What excuse are you making? There's no condemnation. When Never miss out on an opportunity to serve the Lord. And I'm not just talking about in the building. We're not serving to be seen. We're serving to be used to serve the Lord. God used people to, to uh, and some of us have to get our priorities straight because it's, our priorities is all out of, out of whack. Well, you know, uh, where God is at the end of our day instead of the beginning of our day. Are you serious? Well, no condemnation, but God tells us, he said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. We, you know, we need to acknowledge God at the beginning of the day. Lord, where do you want me to go? Lord, what do you want me to say? Lord, what do you want me to do? Lead God and direct my footsteps. Not at the end of the day after, Lord, I I can't right now, Lord. You know, we sit down and we make our plans and we boast about what we're going to do tomorrow, knowing that none of us are promised tomorrow. But we haven't asked God, Lord, what is it you what is it you want me to do? Here we are again today, Father. There's no condemnation because today is another day and we get to do what God say. And so we come before you right now, this second, this moment, Father. And we say, Father, we sorry for ignoring you because when we don't acknowledge you, we ignore you. And, and when we don't have time for your word, we don't have time for you. And Father, we just say that we're sorry. And today is another day. And, Father, and so, Father, now that we know better, we'll, t- we'll do better. Give us a hunger and a thirst for your word, a hunger and a desire for. Now, the reason we when you know, one time I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what caused us to lose our desire for the things of God? He said, our, our love for the world. And then in that what distractions are in our excuses, if we look back over the excuses that these people made, it all has something to do with the love of the world. Jesus tells us, he said, if we Luke 14, 27. Whoever does not and whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I want to read it. Um, I want to read it in the Amplified Bible. Matthews four eighteen through 20. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon Peter and his brother Andrews. They was casting their net. Come follow me. 
Jesus said, and I will make you fishermen of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. That That's so amazing because they didn't say, hold on, Jesus. Um, I'm going to start tomorrow. Can I start with you tomorrow? Because see, um, I got to go put my nets away first. You know, I got to make sure I close up my business. I, you know, I got to make sure I do all this stuff. Can I start with you tomorrow? How about that? No, but the call was right then. He he, he said, and, and he sent the servant out to invite him in. Then some of us are missing, missing moments. We're missing opportunities to serve the Lord. We're missing moments to follow the, you know, we're missing out on moments because of our justifiable excuses. You know, that's my favorite story, Martha and Mary and how Martha was just so busy. She didn't have time for God. She was so busy cleaning her house and you say, well, there's nothing wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm telling you, when it's so bad that that it just totally distracts you and takes you. And we have this this false uh, this uh, thing of of perfection, which is really uh, rooted in rejection because we know there's no such place. <laughs> there's no such place of, of perfection in a human being because we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect as long as we're in this body. So, but this cleanliness that's connected to this root of rejection that's making you feel like you're perfect and making you feel like everything is good because everything around you in the natural is good, not really understanding and realizing that you're good because God is the God in you is good. And then we say these religious slogans, godliness is next to cleanliness, cleanliness is next to godliness or whatever that, 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 that script, that thing, that that man white fable that's made up that's not biblical truths, we use that for an excuse. But now, girl, I didn't have time to read today because I was too busy cleaning all my house. Why you couldn't have the music on while you was cleaning your house? Why you couldn't have the Bible reading on the TV while you was cleaning your house? Why you couldn't when you was driving the car to work? Well, you know, I had to get to work. I'll do. I'll spend time with God when I get off work. Are you serious? Why not put the prayer on while you're driving the car? There's no condemnation. I'm just saying that when we plan God out of our day, then we do things our own way. There's no condemnation. Because today is just another day. We get to do what God said. We get to repent of what we didn't do so we, we can do what he did do. I'm just saying, what is our excuses for not serving the Lord? No, I can't come and, and pray with those people who don't know God because I need to go spend some time with these people who do know God. Lord Jesus, help us to connect the dots. Father, help us to not to miss out on your invitations. Help us not to help us to always see you, Father. Help us to be so sensitive to you, Father, that we will that the things of the world won't crowd out our love for you, that the things of the world won't crowd crowd out your voice. We're called to serve the world. As disciple, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ or are you, or are you a, a, just someone who serves saints? There's no condemnation. But as believers, they that believe in my name, they can cast out devils. They can lay hands on the sick. And Jesus said, I did not come for those that are, that are well, but I came for the, don't miss out an opportunity to pray with somebody who you don't know. Don't miss another opportunity. Take time out for people you don't know. The reason some of us don't have friends is because we're not friendly. 
um, I, there's no condemnation, but I said, uh, because we won't befriend people we don't know because the devil says we have trust issues, which are really fear issues. You guys go back and read my podcast. Trust issues are fear issues because God never told us to trust people anyway. He said for us not to even trust our own selves. That's the purpose of the gifts of the spirit. Okay. Deserting of the spirit. But, uh, there's no condemnation, but I'm talking about no more. What's, what's, what's your excuse? What's your, what's our excuses? No more excuses. What's our excuses for not following the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't quit missing out on opportunities to serve the Lord, to serve the world. God used people. If all you're doing is praying for people that's already saved, that's not the work of the ministry. That's our service to the saints. Inside, that's what we practice. Outside is when we do what we practice. Because I don't know about you, but I see churches going to school. When we're going, when we're properly being taught, we should be being, being developed. Being motivated is, is, is being motivated. Our flesh is inspired. But when we're being taught, our lives are changed. God t- says for us to make disciples. Jesus told his disciples, uh, Matthew 16, 24, it says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. How many of us is trying to save our life? How do we save our lives? Well, we refuse to do what God say do. It's not enough just to hear the word either. So let's get out of that, that thing too. Because hearing the word is not serving the Lord. To serve the Lord, we actually have to do what we're hearing. If all we're doing is hearing the word, yes, I'll be listening to the word. I'll be listening to the word. That's good because faith comes by hearing and we got to hear God's word. But after we hear, because his word is his instructions to us. So after we hear the word as a disciple, we have to do what he say, right? Jesus came to show the disciples how to live by how he lived. Right. He didn't just teach on casting out devils. He actually cast out the devil. So they knew that they could do what he did. He said, look, you're my disciple. Come follow me. We can love like God loves if we're willing to die to our will, if we're willing to die to what we want so we can do what God wants. But Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? There's no condemnation, but I'm telling you, excuses are justifiable behaviors. And when we feel like what we're doing is okay because we have an excuse for doing, for not doing what God say, that's deception. There is no excuse not to do what God has said. And this, and he tells us he got very angry when they came in there with all their excuses. Master, I will accompany one, one of the, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I just need to know what's your excuse for not doing what God has told you. What's your excuse for not What's your excuse for not uh, writing the book? What's your excuse for not teaching the praying for that coworker? What's your uh, what's your excuse for not whatever? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. What's your excuse for not doing what God told you to do?
You say, well, first I got to go and do this before I can do that. No, if God say do it now, that's what he mean. He mean do it now. Start with where you are with what you have. First, I got to turn it into a nonprofit before. No, no, no. Um, just do it right then. Do it with what you have. And along the way, and as you faithful over a little, God will make you ruler. Over. No, I can't do that right now. I can't. I can't start praying for the sick because uh, they haven't asked me to in church yet. No, when someone called you and they sick, you need to pray for the sick. As you begin to, as we, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we do what he, we see him do. We can do what we, what we see him do. Disciples, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. If we, Jesus said, if you love your mother and sister and brother more than you love me, then you're not even worthy. You're not even worthy to follow me. He said more than me. He's not saying you don't need to, you don't love your disciples. Uh, I mean, your family, Luke 14, 25. And now a large crowd was coming along with Jesus. Read the whole chapter, Luke 14, where uh, above where he was casting out devils, he was healing people and things like that. He healed the, the leper. And then we're going to drop to 25. Now, a large crowd was uh, going along with Jesus and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life in the sense of, I'm reading the Amplified, in the sense of indifference or to, or, to, or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude towards God, that's in parentheses, he cannot be my disciple. If you don't, if you love your own life, when we love our life more than we love Jesus Christ, we're going to pick our will over his will every single time. It's always going to be about what we want. We're not even considering what he wants. But when we lose our life, when we see ourselves crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in, in the Son of God. When we see ourselves crucified with Christ, we understand that dead men don't sin, that our life is not our own, that we've been bought with the price, that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. When we understand that our life is not our life, we've been bought with the price. It's not about what we want. It's about what Christ wants. But then again, it's always, like I said, relationship, relationship, relationship. We have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ in order for him to be real in our life. It's our love for God. Our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. Relationship, relationship. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and I do what I say? In order for Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, sometimes sometimes he might be the savior of people's lives, but he's not the Lord of their lives. Because when Jesus is the Lord of our lives, we become disciples of Jesus Christ because disciples are doers of the word of God. How many of you know, he says, don't be doer, hearers of the word uh, only, but doers also. For if you are a doer of the word, it's likened unto the wise man that built his house on the rock. Every time we do the word, we build. It's the doer of the word that's blessed not to hear only. Disciples of Jesus Christ are doers of the word, not just in the building, because Jesus said he's called us outside the building. We need to be in the building so we can prepare and equip for the work of the ministry till we all come into the unity of the faith. This is why we're inside the building and forsaking like the assemblies of ourselves. That's why we're in the building. But the work is really outside the building because 
uh, we should be preparing and equipping people so they can be learning how to lay hands on the sick, not just the pastor laying hands on the sick, not just the people in the front laying hands on the sick, but we should all as believers, they that believe shall lay hands on the sick, right? As disciples of Jesus Christ, we should be doing the work of the ministry. We should be doing what Jesus did. We should be mimicking him. Everybody's looking for a mentor. Jesus Christ needs to be our mentors as disciples of Jesus Christ. And we need to follow him. We need to mimic him. We need to do what he did. And greater works shall you do. Right? So we should be doing the works of the of the ministry, doing the work. What what's your excuse for not doing what God has asked you to do? Lord, I'm just so busy trying to get everything straight, Martha said. Martha's just in there cooking. Just She had her own schedule, and she was so caught up in what she was doing that she couldn't even hear Jesus. Matter of fact, she told Jesus to tell Mary to come do what she helped her. But Mary was doing the most needful thing because she she stopped everything she was doing when Jesus came. She stopped everything she was doing to take time out with the Lord. And we, too, we must... Stop being so distracted. It's not that God is not talking. It's just that everything around us is so loud that we have to shut out the outside chatter so we can hear his voice. It was so distracted by the cares of the world and everything that's going on that we can't hear his voice. We're so distracted by everything that we see that is messing up what we believe. And this is why I say keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day because we can't just focus on what's wrong. We got to be able to focus on what's right so we can see God's goodness in our life. What's your excuse? We pray and we ask God for things. And then when we get the things, we don't have time for the God who gave us the things. We pray and ask God for the job. Now we got the job. We ain't got time for the God who gave us the job. There's no condemnation. I'm just trying to get us to look in our life and to find our why lie. What lie is the devil telling us to lead us to believe that we don't have time for the God who created us? There's no condemnation because the day is another good day. And my only reason for asking these questions is so we can look inside and examine ourselves. Saying, Lord, what is it that I have before you? And I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about sincerely seeking his face and saying, Lord, show me me because I want to be I want to be so much like you that when people see me, they'll see the light in me and be drawn to you. I, I want to be so salty, Father God, that when they when they experience me they'll be drawn to you because salt makes you thirsty there's no condemnation I'm just trying to say what is it that's distracting you what is it that's keeping you you don't have to become a non-profit to feed the hungry you don't have to you know do that. I gotta do this first before I can do that I gotta do let's not let's listen to the voice of the Lord the leading of the Lord they was healed as they went well, Lord, uh, 38 years I've been dealing with this issue and, you know, I don't have anyone to come and take me to do this. And, and I don't have anyone to come and, and tell me to do that. And I don't have anyone for 38 years. He laid in that mat. He had he had grown in submission to his condition and in his mind, that was his life. So that became his story. 
But the truth of the matter is the fact that we are alive again today mean that God still has a good plan and purpose for our lives again today. And so the plans that God had for us, they really are there. It wasn't just a promise to Jeremiah in 2911, but that's a promise to us too, that the plans that God had for us are good and not evil. And they really are to bless us, prosper us and bring us into great success because our God is good and every good and perfect gift comes down from the father above. God is good. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I come that you might have life, John 10, 10, and life more abundantly. But it's the thief, the devil. He's the one that's stealing, killing, and destroying. Don't blame that on our father. That's stealing, killing, and destroying. God didn't do it. The devil told you a lie. So you no longer have to be angry at God for something that the devil did. Let's get that straight. I'm just trying to find out what's your excuse. If I, if I ask you, what did you eat for breakfast? You probably can tell me if I ask you what you ate for lunch. You probably can tell me if I ask you what you ate for dinner. You probably can tell me. But if I said, OK, so what did you study in the word or what you read in the word? And you can't tell me. I mean, there's no condemnation. I'm just trying to get us to understand that spiritual food is more important than natural food. I'm getting ready to end it here in a minute. I want to go back to that question. I said, Lord, what causes us to lose our hunger? He said, the love for the world. Don't you know that when you become friends with the world, you become an enemy to God? What is it to love the world? When we begin to love the world, the things of the world, and they come through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it's, it, 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 it kills the love of God in us. And the reason we're not hungry for the things of the God is because we're so full of the things of the world. There's no condemnation. But the, it's the things of the world that's distracting us, that's keeping us from the word. It's the things of the world that's distracting us, that's keeping us from being from the worship. It's the things of the world that's distracting us, that's keeping us from the word. Yes, you say, well, I have the works. You know, I've kept the works. I, I do the works every Sunday and every Wednesday. I do the works. No, what you do is you you hear the word and you're serving the saints. And thank God, because we got to do that, too. But outside of that, what is your service to the Lord? There's no condemnation. But Jesus tells us, he said, the word of God tells us, love not the world, nor the things of this world. Verse 215, King James says, love not the world nor the things are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it is not of the father, but of the world. So when we love the world more than we love God, we're going to be enticed. We're going to be drawn away by the lust of the, the, lust of the uh, flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those things are going to be distracting us. What's the lust of the flesh? Doing what my flesh want. Lord, I can't follow you today. Please accept my excuse for my your invite. I know you wanted me to go feed the hungry. I know you wanted me to go mentor the homeless. I know you wanted me to go serve in outreach. I know you wanted me to do this. But Lord, I can't do it today because I've been stuck here for 38 years. And I have no one to do this. And I have no, but Jesus said, I'll heal you as you go. Because whatever you do for me, I will do for you. For 38 years, he was laying there just stuck, being unproductive. You say, but he was paralyzed. He was stuck being unproductive. 
His job could have been hollering and screaming at somebody every time he came and just sitting there waiting for somebody to come and put him in. I have no one to put me in. He had his excuses for being in that situation for 38 years. And what's your excuse for being stuck in your story? That's what I want to know. When we're stuck in our story and someone asks us, well, why don't you go feed the home, home, home the homeless? Well, I got to get my heart right first. Don't you know that when you're feeding the homeless, God is going to be healing your body? Even if you, there's so many ways to do what God say. You can sit in a chair at an outreach and serve the Lord. You can sit in a chair and feed the homeless. You can sit in a chair and mentor them. Because the truth of the matter is we're all walking and going places and doing things. There, well, there is no excuse. We got to quit babying the symptom and start serving the God who can heal us from the symptom. The lepers were healed as they went. They came to him in the condition that they was in to receive a word from the God who could give them what they need. When Whatever you're doing, when you're praying for other people, that's when you get yours. It's the doer of God's word that's blessed and not the, what are we looking at service as? Are we looking at it from a religious point of view? For two years, I, I volunteered at the uh, homeless shelter to be a mentor. Because I wanted to help encourage and inspire and even lead people to the Lord. I'm looking for a place in the world to share my gifts. Where, 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 what place? Do you have a place in the world that you share your gifts? We know you share them in the building. I'm talking about outside the building. I'm not talking about with other believers. We pray for the same folks every Sunday. There's no condemnation. But what I'm trying to do is to pull us out of the Holy Spirit wants to pluck us and pull us out of that, those places of complacency. This religious mindset. The rich young ruler said, I've kept your commandments all my life. I, I grew up in the church, in the building, and I went there all my life. Now what? You're not serving the Lord. I mean, you've done this ever since you was a child. Where is your works? It brings the Father pleasure when we bear fruit. That's the first thing he said in the garden. Be fruitful and multiply. Not just in having babies, but in life. Whatever I put in you, I want you to use it to help serve others so it can grow. As you sow, it will grow. As you sow your gift into the lives of others, God will impart more and he'll continue to pour into you. But as long as we use our sicknesses for an excuse not to serve the Lord, as long as we use our children as an excuse, our family, Jesus said, if you love your children more than you love me, you're not worthy to follow after me. Because you're going to use this for an excuse when I ask you to do something. And the way we can tell when we love them more is when it's time to do the work of the ministry. And we have, we say, no, Lord, I can't. I got to babysit. No, Lord, I can't. I'm going to do what you ask me to do later. I'm putting this, this hero syndrome. Remember I told you the hero syndrome makes you believe that unless you do it, it can't be done. But the truth of the matter is the devil is always going to have an excuse. He's always going to present us with excuses, with choices. Life is choice. Excuses are choices. We get to choose what God say do, or we get to choose what we want to do. But every time we choose what we want to do, we're holding on to our lives. But every time we do what God asks us to do, that's how we lose our life.
He said, I told you a soft answer turns away wrath, but yet you bent on saying what you want to say. You bent on doing what you want to do. So you're going to hold on to your life and you're going to lose it because you're going to reap what you sow. But if you want what I have for you, then you have to do what I ask you to do. If we want the will of God, then we're going to have to live in the will of God. We cannot live contrary to the word of God and expect the will of God to be manifest. For God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Believers and non-believers. If we want the good in our day, we're going to have to look at the good things that God is doing. Focus our attention on what's good. Oh, let's magnify the Lord. Come, let us magnify the Lord together. Because the thing that we magnify the most is the thing that we're going to glorify. It's going to be the thing that distracts us. It's here, the cares, the worries, the fears. They're here. They're sent on an assignment from the enemy to distract us. Those are our excuses. Our excuses are the things that the devil has sent on assignment to distract us. You once ran well. What hindered you? There's no condemnation. You once ran well. We once ran well. What hindered us? Some of us are backslidden and don't even realize it because we're still doing the, the religious thing. It's, but backslidden is the condition of the heart. There's no condemnation. Uh, Galatians 5 and 7 says, You was running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? What is it that got in your way to cause you to stop pursuing the things of God? Was it your child? Was it your husband? Was it your grandkids? Was it your job? Was it your, your favorite TV show? What is it? I don't know. What is it? What is it? He said, Galatians 5, 7 says, You were running the race so well, NLT version. Who has held you back from following the truth? Is it, what is it you connected to that's keeping you from obeying the truth? Is it a, is it a, are you being unequally yoked with someone? They want to do this and you want to serve the Lord. What is it? I don't know. What's your excuse? What's hindering you? What's holding you? Are you loving your family more than you loving God? I don't know what's your excuse, what's hindering you, what's keeping you, what's keeping you from doing what God told you, what's keeping you from writing that book. Well, I can't do it right now because I got to keep the grandkids all day. I can't, can't do it. You know, some of us are, it can be a good thing and not be a God thing. Is it causing you to be off focus? You got to quit thinking that unless you do it, it can't be done because you're not the savior God is. I ain't got time right now because I'm so busy watching the grandkids. I ain't got time to really study like I won't. And that might be a distraction. And um, God, trust me, God has another way. I know you're thinking that you are the way. I know that you're thinking that you are the truth and you are the life and that you are the Savior. I know this, but really that's all coming out of the need to be needed. But I want you to know that God has need of you. He said, go get that donkey. You're going to find a colt. Let the... Let the let the owner know that I have need of him. Excuse me. Well, I'm here to tell you that God has need of you. And when you allow God to do whatever he needs to do in your life, you're opening up doors for, for, your, for your next generation. Because when he brought the children of Israel out, he brought them all out. He didn't just bring the, 
the parents out, but he bought their children and everything and everybody that was connected to him. When he saved Rahab, he didn't just save Rahab. He saved everybody that was in that room. But Rahab had a part to play so her house could be saved. And we're trying to save people without Christ. You can't save this person without Christ. Your obedience to God is going to help them because you, they're going to see Christ by the way you live. But if you're stuck back there with them, if Rahab wouldn't have put that red crimson, hid the, made the agreement to hide the, the, the spies when they came in. And if she wouldn't have put the, and even if she did make the agreement, if she hadn't hung that red crimson cord out her window, the blood of Jesus, she wouldn't have been covered. So when the destroyer came through, he would have killed her and her whole household too. But he said, you know what? Whoever you bring up in here, they're not going to be destroyed. You are the forerunner. John the Baptist was a forerunner for Jesus. And a lot of you are the forerunners for your family. But you can't run for Christ because you're stuck back there with them trying to fix them. Quit trying to fix them. Let God do what he has to do with you. And then as you go and prepare a way. It's like I came to Texas. I had to come here. I couldn't stay there. So I came here. Then when I got my, here, then my sister came here. And then my kids started coming here. But I had to go first. I couldn't just be stuck back there with them. Because that wasn't where my purpose was. But God wants to use you as a forerunner. The one that he called for your household. Quit trying to fix them. Let them see God in you. By the works that you do. Jesus taught them by the way he lived. Actions really do speak louder. Actions really do speak louder than words. When they see you live like Christ, then they'll be able to see Christ. There's no condemnation. So let our light so shine before men. We have to do it's not ain't nobody impressed with us seeing us go to church every Sunday or Wednesday. Nobody's impressed by that. But the thing that impresses the people around us, our family members, is when they can see the change in our lives. Because if I'm going here praising the Lord on Sunday and acting like a devil on Monday, that's that's being a stumbling block in someone's way. But my works is to do, our works is to do the works of what, of, of what the Father tells us to do. As disciples, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ or are you a church core? There's no condemnation. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to serve the Lord. We're called to do the works of Jesus, not just in the building, but outside the building. Not just with the same people every Sunday, but with, but some different people on Monday. Whatever you heard, or whatever you saw on Sunday, take it and do it in the streets on Monday. Don't miss your opportunity to serve others. Find out a place in your community that you could volunteer so you can take that light that's in you and bring it into a dark place. Because we're called to serve the world. We're called to seek and save those that were lost. I don't care what your title is. It's, we all called to do the work of an evangelist. At your workplace, you're the pastor there. You don't, you don't need a... Every pastor is not called to a pulpit. At your workplace, you're the evangelist. You're called to be the light in the midst of that dark place. Some of us don't want to go certain places. Oh, they're just so evil. That's where we're called to be. We're called to be the light in the midst of darkness. Some people won't get on Facebook. They talk about it so wicked. That's where you're called to be. That's the world. The world is on social media. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to be the light in the midst of the darkness. Greater is he that's in you than that spirit of the Antichrist that's in the world.
We have the greater one on the inside of us. There's no condemnation. But I just want to ask again, what is your justifiable wrong behavior? What's your excuse for not doing what the Lord has asked you to do? Why haven't you written the book? Why haven't you sung the song? Why haven't you? They haven't asked me. No, God has asked you. You don't have to be in a pulpit to sing a song. You don't have to be in a, in a, in a, in a building to pray for people. You got that lady, your neighbor across the street just got out of the hospital. Cost, you know, you see people on Facebook saying they sick. Pray for them folks. Don't just do praying hands. Pray for, write out a prayer because faith comes by hearing. They can't agree with you if they don't know what you're saying. There's no condemnation. I'm just saying, I'm talking about us reconciling ourselves back to the Father and becoming disciples, and I got to go. My, my time is running up. You guys keep looking for the good in your day. Father God, we thank you that we'll be a doer of your word. Thank you for imparting to us wisdom, your knowledge, and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Be blessed, be encouraged. Please share the podcast. Join my page, Spotify, Pearly Martin. You guys be blessed and be encouraged.